and welcome to the first episode of Eidolon Pop, a playtest actual play adventure to see if the game that me and Molly wrote is any good. I'm your host and your GM, Luke. I'm joined by most of the party that's going to be in this campaign. We have got uh, Ty. Hey, it's me. I'm Ty. We've got Fabby. Hi, it's me. I'm Fabby. We've got Mike. Hi, it's me. I'm Mike. And- <laughs> and I guess that's just Chris- how we're introducing ourselves. <laughs> and we have Crystal. Hi, it's me. I'm Crystal. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, I hope you all know we have to do this the same exact way every single time we record. Now, there's no, we have to. You really don't. <laughs> no, we got to do it the same way every time we record, except for when the final villain shows up, and then they uh-huh. <laughs> interrupt <laughs> we have, us. We have, to, we have to sound as artificial and robotic as possible, and really freak Zoe out when she's here next time. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, Zoe, unfortunately, could not be here, even though she is uh, part of this campaign. I don't know if people have, like, watched any news at all lately, but um, hell is happening. And uh, it makes scheduling things complicated sometimes. Yeah. Yep. Hopefully it will not be an ongoing problem, and she'll be able to join us for the next session we record. But, yeah, unfortunately she can't be here today, and we're going to have to kind of make do without her. If in the future you hear her suddenly join in on this episode, know that it's because I'm cutting in audio from a future recording session. But it'll be seamless to you because of the magic of editing. It'll Mm. be so seamless when a person who hasn't talked for 45 minutes suddenly starts talking. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, seamless is a strong word to to put here. Yeah. Uh, So... I put a word out to, like, 15 people to see who I could rope into playtesting this game, and you are five of the people who I got to say yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, me and Molly talked about it a little bit on kind of the episode zero that we did, but uh, this game is going to be based a little bit on Persona. Uh, the game we've written, Eidolon, is kind of inspired in equal parts by the Persona games and by JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, this campaign is going to be leaning more into the Persona side of things. And uh, we need to do some character creation before we get started. Yeah. I have a couple pages of GM notes, but, you know, those are useless until we got characters. It's probably also worth uh, establishing, just for the sake of the listener, that I believe most, if not all of us, have played in a tabletop game that Luke has GM'd before. Yeah, I, I think I've GM'd for... May- I have technically GM'd for, I think, everybody but Crystal mm-hmm. at least once. Yeah. But I've played with Ty before. Yeah. I've played with Luke. Yeah, you you played in... I, I did a smaller playtest run that we didn't publish anywhere, and you were in that. I think that's the only time I've GM'd for you. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna create some characters. It's you know We've been planning this for over a week now, so I think... Most of y'all have at least some idea of what you're making, um, but if you don't, that's also fine. Uh, I guess just to kind of give us some grounding, I'm just going to look at the what I've got written down in the introduction section of this book. Eidolon campaigns are about people who can challenge the awesome power of their own souls and use that power to fight to change the world. As players, you'll portray individuals who can summon spirits called Eidolons. Eidolons are beings with supernatural abilities that reflect their master's personality and psyche. An Eidolon is a literalized representation of your ability to assert your will on reality, and commanding an Eidolon vastly expands your ability to do just that. 
There is, however, a downside to wielding this power. An Eidolon is a raw, unprotected distillation of who its master really is, deep down in the most secret parts of themselves. Summoning one into the world means showing everyone who you really are. Maybe even more frighteningly, it means confronting yourself with who you really are. This is a game about self-acceptance and self-improvement. It's about seizing the power within yourself to fight for the world you believe in. It's about the power of the individual and the even greater power of uncompromising friendship. And last but not least, this is a game about kick-ass fights with magical soul powers. So I'm excited to do that. I, that sounds like a fun thing to me. Yeah. yeah. Are you ready to confront the true nature of your very soul? Yeah. Never, <laughs> but that's I'm ready to confront the true nature of my character's soul. <laughs> not mine. Wait, I mean, y'all aren't, like, working your deep emotional personal traumas through your characters? Hmm, maybe it's just never. <laughs> so we did a little bit of prep work on this in advance, just so people had an idea of what to plan for. This game is going to be set at a university that I have many paragraphs, a very stupid backstory about that we might get to later. And most of you are going to be students at this university, but Ty, you are not. You are a professor, and I think what we settled on is that... Uh, you teach a class that only has four students in it who are the other four members of the party. Yes. Uh, I don't know how into the background we want to get, but basically my character create up, came up with a class with the hopes that no one would get into it so he could just kind of chill in that, and have a free period. Uh, and you yeah. guys, you all somehow found a way to get into my class, so I guess I'm teaching you. Right, right. You solved my scheduling riddle. Hmm. <laughs> So, mechanically, it, it's a little weird to start with you, Ty, because of the playbook you have, but from a sort of narrative perspective, it I don't know, I think maybe we should just start with your character. Okay, yeah, I got some stuff. Uh, you, yeah, so your playbook is the veteran, which basically means that you have had uh, some cool adventures in the past, and that's kind of behind you now, but, you know, when you need to, you can still tap into that cool shit you used to do. Yeah, I'm basically your, uh, what's it, your, your, the, uh, yeah, veteran is good, that's a good way to say it. I, I had more stuff back in the day, but now I'm kind of relaxing and enjoying not confronting the nature of my very soul and fighting weird yeah, monsters. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think, I don't think this character archetype exists in the Persona games that much, just because all the heroes are cool teens. Yeah, I was trying to think of that. Robots? Do robots count? Are robots sold? Uh, who are you thinking of? Like, Aegis? Aegis, or, yeah, the other robot that shows up in the other one? Oh, oh, from the fighting game? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although, like, if, uh, even if it's not a thing in Persona, like, RPGs have, like, the, the grizzled veteran. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, in the party. Yeah. Like, it, I know it's because I'm obsessed with this game, but in my mind, Drachma from Skies of Arcadia springs to mind. Yeah. Sure, mm. definitely. I, I think the way to think about it in Persona ways is that Ty is playing that connection that's always really important with, like, a mentor figure. It just happens that they also have a Persona this time. Yeah, you're like Sojiro from the coffee shop in Persona yeah. 5. Hell yeah. But you also have a Persona. You're Cop Dad from Persona 4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, good, good, good. I learn to evoke all of those things. Uh, I more thought, what I was thinking of was like, oh yeah, like Kakashi. I'm like, Kakashi. 
Yeah, Kakashi from my favorite persona, Naruto. <laughs> yeah. Ty, I think you mentioned before that you wanted to do something where, in classic JRPG fashion, being the older mentor type, you're like 26. Yeah, uh, this guy has been his like, later 30s, maybe, and it's like, wow, this guy is just so old. He's like, yeah, I... <laughs> I, I've really got it together. And he's just like, you know, like Sid Highwind from Final Fantasy VII, where he's yeah. like 32, and everyone's like, ah, oh, this is a grizzled war vet. <laughs> right, right. Uh, do you have a name for your character? Um, <laughs> no. Quentin okay. is a good first name. I'm Quentin? thinking, of, yeah. All right, I'll put that in here for now. I've got a spreadsheet that's just got spaces for everything. It's kind of... We don't have proper character sheets yet, because I haven't made those yet. Uh, But here's a spreadsheet with everything for everybody in it. You can feel free to kind of copy your stuff into a document for your own. Um, But this is also kind of a nice reference point, because it's got everybody's information in here. Nice. I have a pen and paper. Fantastic. Uh, and Ty, do you have a name for your Eidolon? Ooh, uh, uh, we can't, we don't have to stick solely to conventions, because I was thinking Speaker Box of Love Below, the double album by Outcast, or maybe just Outcast. I'm bad about my All good. Yeah, we kind of, sort of agreed in advance that kind of in the JoJo spirit, and because this campaign is called Eidolon Pop, all of your Eidolons would be named after pop songs or pop bands. So yeah, one of those two is probably the but name. But also, pop is a you know broad category. We can you, you can fit just about anything into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the first thing you said? The 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 classic double album speaker box, the love below, uh, or just Outcast, the name of the band. Okay, I I like both of those. Uh, I'm I'm gonna write speaker box, the love below for now. Mm-hmm. Is that with a Okay, I'm I'm revealing how little I know about uh, music. Outcast? Is that like with a colon or parentheses or? Uh, it's generally like a what's it called? Uh, slash forward slash. Yeah. Like. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. Gotcha. 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 Isn't speaker box spelled with like two X's or something? Three X's. Yeah. Three X's. Three X's. You got it. No. I'm too. very cool, and I know all about music. <laughs> Everyone needs to listen to more outcasts. Anyway. <laughs> all right. So you're, like we said, you're playing as the veteran. Uh, your Eidolon power is phrased as, my Eidolon can provide crucial support by blank. How do you want to fill in that blank? All right, so I'm thinking threads. They are able to, you know, create threads. Um, okay. And since the, one of the things about the veteran is you can tap into your old power. His old yeah. power used to be to take sound form threads and to make it to birds, which is very elaborate mm. and complicated, and he kind of figured it out one day. I just can make threads. You can do a lot with string. <laughs> um, yeah. And it ties into them kind of being spider-like. I'm trying to lean into the, you know, um, trickster, Anansi kind of thing here, and it can uh-huh. have yeah. a bunch of eyes, and he can, like, see different you know, things. Uh, that's what I'm leaning into here. Um, and I think it's like, uh, to get to the history of the character, maybe like when they were younger, it was more of a spider thing, but now it's kind of, you know, changed a bit as their soul has changed a bit. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, something I kind of wanted to talk to you about just because I don't want us to have to sit down and work out the entirety of your character's backstory. Yeah. Uh, what if we said like, 
obviously they went on some kind of big, you know, JRPG adventure, and they know that they did that, but for whatever reason, like, it's kind of a hazy memory. It's like, yeah, I don't know, I did some kind of shit, and, eh, but, I don't know, I've got this teaching job now, that's fine. <laughs> and we can kind of, like, fill in the details as we go. Yes. I'm I'm down with that. I'm down with anytime someone asks on screen, ah, it's not important. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) You think maybe that could be sort of an it it part two thing where they don't remember until they get back into it and then like, oh, right, this happens. That's kind of what I had in mind. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Although also like maybe not like remembering everything all at once, getting it in like fits and starts. Mm hmm. And so you're so the the way the veteran works, like you said, you choose a different playbook that you used to be, and yours was the alchemist, and you said uh, that power is my Eidolon can transform any sounds it touches into threads. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, I love it. Uh, and let me grab your base overdrive because that's going to be the same for every veteran. Uh, so you're starting with three overdrive, and we can explain what that is when it comes up and it's relevant. Uh, you're starting with one damage and one armor. Uh, do you want to just go with the default uh, stats, or do you want to customize them at all here? Default stats, again, are... <laughs> uh, so, I guess we should run through what the stats are in this game. Yeah. Uh, they're pretty They're pretty much the same stats that are in most kind of uh, PBTA games, but they've got different names, because that's what you do. Uh, so the stats are powerful, elegant, genius, glamorous, and bizarre, or uh, they're abbreviated as POW, Ella, Gen, Glam, and Biz. Uh, and th- I think they're mostly self-explanatory. It's strength, dexterity, uh, intelligence, and charisma. And then bizarre is sort of similar to, uh, is it weird in Apocalypse World? I think yeah. that's right. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of, you know, how you're in touch with the world beyond the physical. Uh, so for the veteran, the default stats are 0 POW, 0 Ella, 2 Gen, 1 Glam, negative 1 Biz. Uh, I mostly like that. I think I may... I think I may switch Gen and Glam. Uh, okay. Just to kind of move, instead of like solving really complicated things, he's doing more getting by on charisma and like, yeah, yeah. Uh, like uh, trickery, you know? Mm-hmm. So. All right. And then your starting moves from this playbook, uh, I can just read them out just, you know, for the people at home. Uh, your starting moves are like old times, spend one overdrive to use your former playbooks, idol on power to use your former playbooks, damage and armor when dealing or taking damage or to use a starting or advanced move from your former playbook. Spend two overdrive to use a master move from your former playbook. Master moves are just the ones you unlock at you know higher level. Uh, so you can use any move from the Alchemist playbook. It just costs you overdrive to do it. And some of those moves have their own overdrive costs, so it can get expensive. Mm-hmm. But then you also have overextend. At any time, you can lose two HP to gain one overdrive. So you can kind of, you know, take damage in order to do more stuff. Uh, and then you've got First Aid, take the Healing Touch move from the Alchemist playbook, even if your Eidolon doesn't have healing powers. If the Alchemist is your former playbook, which it is, uh, you don't need to use Like Old Times to use your Healing Touch. Uh, if your Eidolon doesn't have healing powers, you'll heal your allies using your own medical know-how, roll plus gen instead of plus tie. Uh, you may also take Combat Medic when you level up. You can use Healing Touch on yourself, but not Combat Medic. 
So, I have a cool thing for this. I don't know if we should save it for play, but my idea is if I use Healing Touch, like, my giant spider gangster, like, sews up your wound with thread. It's like, real fast, like, stitching. (laughs) Yeah, all right, yeah, I think that works, for sure. Uh, So that means you'll roll plus tie when you heal folks, since you're not using, like, first aid to do it. Uh, And we'll get into ties uh, later in this whole process. So the last thing here is, uh, starting out, you get to take one advanced move from the veteran playbook that you just get. Uh, do you know what you want to take? Oh, man, I did, and I've completely forgotten. Uh, How about I move on to yes. the next person on this list while you look it over? Good. <laughs> All right. Uh, Fabby, you're the next person yeah. whose name I wrote down, so let's go with you. Hi, yeah, it's me. It's Fabby. Hi. What's your character's deal? So I'm playing the Inhuman <laughs> so we're we're starting off with all the most normal types of characters. Um, yeah. I'm going to read what the Inhuman says because I think it's cool. Uh, okay. You are a shade, a creature from the undertow, which means you have broken the rules. Your kind is not supposed to live in this world, let alone have an Eidolon. Do you have an Eidolon? If so, it's not really clear where it ends and you begin. Regardless, sooner or later, all this is going to come back to bite you. And, well, no sense dwelling on it now. You're here, and you're you, and you're not about to let anyone forget that. Fade in, take form, and assert your truth. Yeah. So, Uh, you are a mysterious shadow creature who is not mm -hmm. meant to be part of the real world, and yet you are anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. And, yeah, what... It'd be like that sometimes. It do be like that sometimes. Give me some details on who your character is. So... Normally, especially in the undertow, I think whenever we're in the undertow, she is a bear girl. She is a bear. Okay. She has a snout, ears, uh, kind of anthropomorphized uh, bear. I'm not thinking it super cartoony or super realistic. Something in between, something both. Probably leaning more cartoony than like realistic or even like weird cats monstrosity. Uh, cutesier than 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 maybe that. Um, okay. Uh, her name. So because I'm very good at names, and also based on the previous names in the Persona series, uh, I was thinking her name is Ursa. Um. Okay. But uh, when she went to the world, somewhat to the human world. Someone misheard it as Ursula, and she's been too awkward to correct anyone. Okay, I'm going to put Ursa, a.k.a. Ursula, in here. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. So, uh, and do you, do you know the name of her Eidolon? Yes, her Eidolon is Revolution Lover. Revolution Lover. Good, good. Uh, and what is its power? So my, the Inhuman's power is my Eidolon can blank. Mm-hmm. It can be literally anything. Uh, my Eidolon can turn into any weapon and hurt my enemies and heal my friends. My Eidolon can turn into any weapon. That hurts my enemies and heals my friends. That hurts sounds my better. enemies and heals my friends. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's... Because the thing with the Inhuman is that, like, you're sort of, you are your Eidolon, even mm-hmm. more so than anyone else. Like, it's kind of like, it's all one thing. But you have, like, a weapon that can shapeshift however you want it to. So the way I've been picturing it is it's a little heart the, about the size of her head. 
cartoon okay. art uh, that has like uh, kind of like a ring, like a purple, uh, bluish, bluish metallic ring around it flying at all times. And she just like reaches up to it and grabs it. And then it turns into uh, a sword, a rocket launcher, uh, anything she needs that can... If she hits an enemy, it hurts. If she like stabs a friend with a sword, it heals them. Because um, I think that's kind of interesting. Um, okay. And when she's uh, in her human disguise, which we'll get to later, it just looks like a heart-shaped backpack. It goes okay. into her back. That's cool. Uh, yeah, Ty, actually, that brings up a good point I forgot about. Uh, what does speaker box slash the love below look like? All right, so <laughs> uh, very tall, very thin, kind of humanoid, um, mm. but th- spider. It's got eight arms, and it's got well, it's got two legs, and I guess th- three pairs of arms, uh, eight eyes for the face, uh, and it's in a suit, and it's smoking a stogie. <laughs> it's a spider Great. gangster. <laughs> there nice. you go. Fantastic. Also, uh, can I make a suggestion with the name? What if? Because the whole thing is that it has sort of changed what it is over time. What if speaker box is what you call the veteran form of it, and the love below is what it used to be called when it was an alchemist, and kind of what it shapeshifts into when you use your alchemist powers? I dig it. I love it. There we go. (laughs) Great. Fantastic. All right. Uh, So, Fabi, back to you. So, you've Mm -hmm. got two base overdrive. Everyone's starting with seven HP. Uh, you have one armor, one damage. Uh, what are your stats? Uh, so the base stats originally for the Inhuman, I'm going to change them for a second, are okay. one power, zero elegance, zero genius, minus one glamour, and two bizarre. I'm mm-hmm. keeping the bizarre. I'm keeping the elegance, but this character is going to be a minus one genius character, not a zero genius. Okay. Uh, and I'm uh, switching power to zero and glamour to one. Glamour to one. Okay, so that's zero power, zero elegance, negative one genius, one glam, two biz. Yeah, the way I'm picturing her is that she is awkward and dorky, but it kind of works for her. Because people don't expect her to be a weird shadow creature. It's just like, oh, she's that kooky girl that has a weird sense of fashion and, uh, and, and says things weird. But it's kind of adorable. I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Alright, so I mistakenly copied the wrong starting moves into this spreadsheet, but you have got... Mm-hmm. Uh, your Eidolon has healing powers, so it can use healing touch from the Alchemist playbook. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of healers in this group, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, that's... sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the starting moves for the Inhuman are Wanderer. You can disappear from this world by moving into the Undertow, which is uh, the game's name for sort of the Shadow World. Uh, but only for a second or two before returning. If you use this ability to beat the odds, which is a basic move, we'll get to it, uh, roll plus biz instead of plus Ellie. Uh, and your other starting move is Anomaly. Your sheet has a dissonance clock mm-hmm. set to one o'clock. If you've played PBTA games before, clocks work the same way here that they do everywhere else. Basically, it's just a way to track something that is going to happen in the future. Clocks, clocks, uh, clocks, 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 clocks. Uh, Yeah, so it starts off set to one. As it advances, the undertow will encroach more and more upon this world in the area surrounding you, causing strange and unpredictable effects. 
When your dissonance clock hits midnight, something from the undertow will come to take you back by force. Advance your dissonance clock by one hour every time you roll plus biz, and you get a minus six. Or a six minus. When you roll yeah. a six or less. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not hurting others... By wanting to be around people, um, this is totally safe and and fine. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Uh, And then you get an advanced move. Do you know what you want? Well, I think we talked about what you want. Yes, I'm taking facade. 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 Uh, As long as the dissonant clock is at 4 p.m. or less, you can make yourself look like a human being, which in this case, she, she looks... This is a way I'm picturing. She looks like herself, but she's not a bear. She's a girl. She looks about mm-hmm. 20, 22, 23 maybe at the most. Uh, she okay. has short hair that is just like her her bear hair, but like, oh, it's now cute short bob like or like pixie cut type thing. Um, uh, yeah. And uh, you can turn back to normal at will, but then, but when the dissonance clock advances to five o'clock, you will gradually revert to your true form, even if you don't want to. If you try to maintain your facade plus four, then every of the dissonance cl- every time the dissonance clock advances, an hour roll plus glam on a ten plus, you keep up your facade until the dissonance clock advances two more hours. On a seven to nine, you keep up your facade. Onto the distance clock advances one more hour. On the six minus, you instantly revert to your true form. Nice. I will say, uh, the next round of edits I'm doing on this book, my main uh, priority is getting the word count down on some of these longer abilities. <laughs> That's valid. Uh, yeah. Definitely want to make them a little snappier to read. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's the advanced move I'm taking. Okay, cool. So yeah, you can look like a person. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, like, in, in a very rough sense, like, what mm-hmm. are you, what's your character's backstory? Like, what, why are they so, here? What are they doing? Yeah, uh, the way I'm picturing it, I don't know what you want from the undertow or what you're, what you're going with, but what I'm thinking is, based on kind of the Persona games, the undertow sucks. Everyone's all... Uh-huh. Not not like everyone's mean, but like it's like actively harmful, and also it's super isolating. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're always running from something or trying to just survive, and there's not really camar uh, ca- camar Ooh, friendship. Words uh-huh. are hard, y'all. Um, and uh, yeah, she she felt super alone. And for some reason, one day she found a way to go to the human world and look like like a human person, and she fell in love with that. So, like, her favorite... The thing she likes to do the most is just be around humans. She goes to different human gatherings and events and public gatherings and, like, club meetings at the school. Like, she's, like, in a million clubs because she just goes to all... She doesn't care. She likes... Being around people and hearing them talk, it's it's halfway between people watching and just like wanting to to be around people. Um, are we talking about greatest fears also? Uh, ooh, you know what? Um, yeah, we should talk about greatest fears. I forgot to write that on the spreadsheet, so I forgot to ask Ty about it. But yeah, what is uh, her greatest fear? 
not being able to come to the human world anymore, like losing that connection, being stuck in the undertow forever. Okay. All right, yeah. let me just add a quick row here to get that in here. Uh, Ty, do you know what uh, Quentin's greatest fear is? Uh, who? I'm trying to think. Um, I had a couple. I'm trying to workshop them still. I think... Um, all right, come back to me. I'm still thinking on it. All right, yeah, you got it. Crystal, let's do you next. Okie dokie. What do you got? My character's name is Alexis Lorenzen, that people call her Lore. How do you spell Lorenzen? L-O-R-E-N-T-Z-E-N. T-Z-E-N, okay. Alexis Lore Lorenzen. Mm-hmm. Okay, tell me about him. Her Eidolon is vivid memories turned to fantasies. Right, from the album Mouth Sounds. Yes. Yes. Uh, which can... It can bring photographs to life. I'm not sure what the best way to word this is. I would say, so the the way the alchemist thing is phrased is, my Eidolon can turn blank it touches into blank. So I would say, maybe my Eidolon can turn photographs it touches into the subject of the photograph. Does that work? Yeah, I'm thinking how, like, because we talked before about it would bring it back into a perfect representation of that subject at the moment the photo was taken. Like, should that be part right. of the description? Um, I think, I think you can infer it from the subject of the photograph and like, we know that that's what that means. Okay. So I don't think it needs to, you know, we don't want to make the, the idol on powers themselves like super long and complicated. We understand what they mean and that's good enough. Mm-hmm. Touches into the subject of that photograph. Okay, uh, and what is uh, what is Alexis's like deal? Who is she? Uh, I think she's kind of a conspiracy theorist, investigative journalist type. Okay, I think she is college age, but she doesn't actually go to the school. She's investigating something weird happening at the school, and she okay. just hangs out in Mister Quentin's class because Mister Quentin doesn't care. <laughs> great, great. Uh, if if we're comparing her to a Persona character, I guess the closest one would be, like, Naoto. Okay, sure, yeah, But, yeah, but yeah. not nearly as buttoned up. Definitely sure. definitely not an elegant person, more of a bizarre person. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, appearance is probably closer to, like, Jessica Jones from Marvel. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, not, not very fashionable, dresses kind of to blend in so she can access places. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, yeah, I, I like it. What? Uh, let me put in the numbers here. What uh, were you thinking stat wise? Do you just want to go with the defaults or mix them up? Um, I like by default I, the alchemist has zero power, negative one elegance, zero genius, one glamorous, and two bizarre. The only change I would make to that is move my one to genius instead of glamorous. Okay, we can do that. Negative one, one zero, and two. Okay. Uh, and did you have a greatest fear in mind for Alexis? Uh, I think her vision of justice is to uncover the truth of things. So her greatest fear would be, like, to lose her mind so she can't tell, like, what's real or not. Okay, yeah. All right. What about, like, feeling unable to trust her own mind? Is that a yeah, kind of yeah, concise way to put it? Yes. All right. And then uh, the alchemist's starting moves are Mold Reality. This is where you use your Eidolon's ability to transform something it's touching into something else. 
You roll plus biz. On a 10 plus, your ability has the exact effect you intended, and the transformation is flawless. On a 7 to 9, you get pretty close to what you were trying to do. The GM will describe what went wrong. Uh, if you attempt to transform the body of something with a with a mind, it can resist you. Your Eidolon can only transform the direct points of contact that it makes, regardless of what you roll. That last little bit is just so you can't just go turning people into apples on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you can you can turn part of their skin into apple skin, and that sucks. But you can't just instantly appleify anybody. Uh, it doesn't really apply to Alexis's power, though, since she just works with photographs. Uh, she also has Revert. If you or your Eidolon touches something you've transformed, you can make it turn back to its original form. Uh, healing Touch. You can only take this move if your Eidolon's power can somehow heal wounds. If it's ambiguous, get approval from your GM and fellow players for taking this move. Uh, when you and a wounded person or group of people are not under an impending threat, you can attempt to heal them. Roll plus tie with the target you're healing. On a 10+, plus, they gain 3 HP. On a 7 to 9, they gain 1 HP. Um... I, how, it does not strike me that your power can, like, have healing effects, but convince me otherwise if you want to. Well, what if I, like, take a picture of a first aid kit and then get a first aid kit with my power? I would say that in that case, you have a first aid kit, but the actual, like, you're not magically healing somebody. You know, like, the idea of healing touch is more like, oh, I can turn wounds into healed flesh that like there's no magic happening if you're making a first aid kit you know what i mean yeah in that case i can't think of a way i would have healing touch okay then i'm going to delete it uh that's fine you still have, have two, two other teammates that can heal and i think yeah, mike, we have two healers i think mike also has the uh, some healing moves so it'll be fine potentially but i wasn't really planning to spec that way hey that's fine you've got plenty of healers in this party uh, and then your last power is Destructive Alchemy. If your Eidolon uses its transformation ability with the intent to cause harm, treat it as scrapping or a bombarding, whichever applies, instead of molding reality and inflict plus one damage. Uh, by default, the Alchemist has pretty low damage, and this is just kind of to incentivize you to try to attack using your Eidolon power instead of directly fighting someone with your Eidolon. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Did you have an advanced move in mind? Um, I don't want to take any of the range stuff yet, because I like having touch being a limitation, at least starting out. Okay, yeah. So I think I'll take a delayed reaction, which is when I use mold reality, instead of making the transformation take place right away, I can choose to hold it and spend that hold at any time. Yeah, basically, you know, this is... If you're a JoJo fan, this is when a guy's banana turns into a gun after Giorno's already left the prison. Uh, yeah, you, you've, like, made it happen, but you can decide when it actually triggers. Uh, sounds good to me. And then I think, I think that we've got you covered then. All right, so yeah, Mike, why don't we move on to you? Okay, uh, I think I've settled on, I still haven't settled on a last name, but I'm gonna go with my character being named James. James, all right. Yeah, and, uh, he doesn't have a nickname, but he really wishes he did. <laughs> Deep down in his heart of hearts, he thinks he thinks he's a pretty smart guy, and he wishes people called him the wizard. <laughs> Great! <laughs> I'm I'm leaning hard on my character being a total dorko, so that's yeah yeah. Uh, do you have an idol on name? Yeah, time after time. <laughs> Great. Oh yeah, I I keep forgetting. Uh, Crystal, what does your idol on look like? Um. 
I, I instead of going JoJo's or Persona, I was kind of more inspired by his Dark Materials. Yeah, I know nothing about that, but my understanding is daemons are also basically personas. Yeah, they're, they're your soul outside of your body. Okay, yeah. Uh, so I was thinking, like, we talk about in the human world, they might have a more mundane form. Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking, in the human world, it'd just be like a cat that hangs out on my shoulder. And then okay. in the undertow, it's maybe like a cat furry. All right, yeah, yeah, I like it. Big furry, big furry uh, party here. <laughs> yeah, this is a fairly furry party. Self-selecting. Yeah. <laughs> if I remember right, Zoe's Eidolon is more of a scaly. Yeah, you know, same family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike, what does time after time look like? So in so uh, we've talked about how things can sort of manifest differently in the undertone in the real world. Right. Uh, so what I'm going to go with is uh, in the real world, time after time is just a wristwatch that okay. James can wear. Uh, but in the uh, the undertow, uh, time after time manifests as this like giant owl. Okay, yeah, I like yeah. it. Uh, and you're playing as the navigator, which is kind of uh, uh, very. It's inspired by like your futabas and your reses from Persona. You're kind of the the support person. You're doing like combat analysis, trying to buff other people. Uh, your power is my Eidolon can perfectly sense blank in the area around it. You get one thing that you can like perfectly perceive and comprehend. What yes. is your thing? So cards on the table. I wanted to kind of try and make my character a bit like the Clock King. Hell yeah! And we kind of talked about uh, like before this. Uh, try and find a right way to phrase that, and I. I'm going to go with my Eidolon can perfectly sense patterns in the area around it. Okay. Like, if something yeah. regularly happens or repeats, my character can tell that it's been happening and will continue to happen. I That is a really cool power that I feel like we will be able to do a lot of fun things with. Yeah. I hope so. Uh, yeah. In Let's terms see, of got- stats, I'm, I think I'm just going to stick with the default. Okay. Uh, and in the Navigator's case, that is negative one power, zero elegance... Two genius, uh, zero glam, and one bizarre. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, very genius focus class. You're you're the smarty pants. Uh, uh, you're the only person with two genius in this team so far. Yeah, uh, which kind of makes sense. My character archetype's kind of the thinker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it says a creation. I have to choose an area of expertise for my character to have. Oh right, yeah. I need to make room for that on here. Yeah, this is a. Uh, at creation, choose an area of expertise, a topic on which your brain is a comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium. So, uh, re- d- despite this weird offshoot elective that uh, that my character is in, I'm going to assume that he is uh, majoring in biology, but his passion is entomology. Dude entomology. loves bugs. All right. Yeah. 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 All right. So yeah, you just know a ton of shit about bugs. Yeah. Great. Love it. You can't see me over here, but I'm nodding serenely. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, the navigator's starting moves are ready for anything. When you spend time researching and making preparations before a dangerous mission, roll plus genius. On a 10 plus, hold three. On a 7 to 9, hold one. During the mission, you can spend one hold to take plus one when revealing your master plan, which is a basic move. We'll get to it. Uh you also have enemy analysis. When you attack an enemy by exploiting a weakness you discovered investigating them, investigates another basic move, uh, deal plus two damage instead of plus one. 
and Technobabble. If you refer to your area of expertise when dazzling someone, roll plus gen instead of plus glam. Okay. Uh, and then you get an advanced move. What do you want? Um, I'm going to go with Dredge Your Mind to start. Okay. When you search your memory for relevant information regarding your current situation, uh, roll plus genius and take plus one if it's related to your area of expertise. On a 10 plus, you recall specific and useful information described by the GM. On a 7 to 9, the information will be vague and potentially less useful. Uh, the GM will ask how you know this information. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, what is, like, what is James's... We got a little bit of a snapshot of who he is. He He's a smart guy who wants to be known as the wizard and loves bugs. Like, yeah. g- give is, us a little more about who he is. He... So it's kind of that cliched person who just all throughout school never really had any friends, wasn't especially popular, and then really, really, really hoped college would be a fresh start for him, and then it super wasn't. He basically only knows the people in this class, and only then because it was the class smallest enough that he regularly wound up talking to people. Okay, yeah, yeah. I like it. Uh, And do you have a greatest fear for James? Yeah, so uh, I like to think my guy is, uh, he's, he's very much about routine and order and everything is neat and orderly and just, I think, I think his greatest fear is a loss of control. Okay. And I, we, we kind of talked about it a little bit before we started recording. I'm trying mm. to think of a way to phrase that so that it's not like too vague. Um, yeah. I think, I, I, I think my character's greatest fear is losing control over his own destiny. Ooh, okay, yeah. Losing control of his own destiny. Dang. Uh, all right, I like it. Uh, Ty, we have a few loose ends to tie up with you. Have you thought of a greatest fear uh, let me, for Quentin? Let me summon my giant spider to tie up those loose ends. <laughs> uh, okay, so greatest fear. Um, I like this going back to kind of the person they are now. Um they are they're worried about the people they screwed up by being a smart <laughs> fucking know-it-all JoJo character coming back to haunt them. They're scared of <laughs> the fucking their history kind of catching up with them. I see. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Their past catching up with them. Love it. Um so I I'm not going to get super deep in mechanics right this second. How greatest fear plays into it? Mostly it is a role-playing thing for y'all to know, like, this is the thing that is, like, this is the psychological weak point of my character. Um, When it becomes relevant gameplay-wise, there is something called the, what is it, the Phantom Clock? I've renamed it a few times. I think Phantom Clock is what it's called now. Uh, Every time you dredge the undertow, which is one of the basic moves, uh, where you kind of try to see through the veil of reality and grasp some deeper truth. Every time you use that move and fail, uh, or anytime you spend overdrive on a move and fail, you'll advance the phantom clock. And when the phantom clock hits midnight, your Eidolon goes berserk. Uh, It becomes a phantom, which is just a powerful enemy. Uh, And it undergoes a transformation that is inspired by your greatest fear. So, yeah, just something to... Keep in mind. Uh, 
And then, Ty, do you have uh, an advanced move picked out? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now that I know everybody else's moves, uh, I won't take anything that overlaps. <laughs> with, um, or anything else that overlaps, I should say. Let's go with the... Uh, I got friends in... Blah, 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 blah. What's the Vanguard one? Sorry, I was looking... Oh, yeah. It's... Uh... World Traveler? Yeah, World Traveler. Yeah, this is Take the Friends Everywhere move from the Vanguard playbook. Uh, if Vanguard's your former playbook, you don't have to use, like, old times to use it. And Friends Everywhere, which might come up when we do Zoe's character. Uh, but Friends Everywhere, when you arrive somewhere that you've been before, you can ask a favor of the friends you have there and roll plus glam. On a 10+, plus, they'll be able to help you out. On a 7 to 9, they'll be supportive, but not able to offer any meaningful help. So, yeah, that, that makes sense as a thing to take. And, yeah, I think uh, without having Zoe here, that is everything we can do on this. Um, let me ask y'all this. I have got... We, we talked about this before we started recording, uh, when Zoe had to let us know that she's got to drop out tonight. I have got several pages of notes. We have about 50 minutes left uh, before we would have to call it for a night. Do you want to get started tonight, or do you want to punt and wait uh, for the next session to actually start when we can get Zoe in here? Uh, if we start now, we'll just have we'll either just say Zoe's character has been here all along, uh, just kind of retcon it, or we will find a natural point for her to join up with your characters. What do you think? I'm good going today. So if everyone else is good, uh. I I would prefer to wait for Zoe, yeah. but if I'm outvoted, I'll roll with it. Okay. I'm also on the side of waiting for the full okay. cast. Um, yeah. I'll, can I can I pitch you on an alternate idea? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hit me. Uh, can we do a prologue thing of how you all got in this class? Since it's a, like a weird mystery to get in here, what what was your trick to get into this class? All right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Let's let's we can do this. Yeah. Alright, uh, can I jump in first? Because I feel like my mine is the simplest. Go for it. Uh, Did I, you say the name of your class, Ty? <laughs> no. Uh, we should say it. Uh, let, me bring I, let me... Yeah, what did you have? You wrote it down earlier. It's very silly. It's like narrative musicology and the occult philosophy of storytelling is that what it is yep there we go <laughs> yeah it's it's just stories instead of storytelling it's even narrative musicology and the occult philosophy of stories <laughs> just the most bs sounding name for a class so yeah yeah mike how did you come to be enrolled in narrative musicology and the occult philosophy of stories so my character just needed an elective and literally asked the uh, the person like the counselor who was helping him put his schedule together point blank, what elective has the fewest people in it right now? <laughs> <laughs> it's like what? Uh, well, this class has seven people in it. Wait, no, wait. There's an extra page to this. There's only one on this last page. Where's this even come? There's there's two people enrolled in this one. I'll take it. I did have a philosophy course in college that only had three students in it. <laughs> you think maybe this class is also, like, on a weird building and campus that's hard to get to and, like, at a weird time that no one can uh, make? Yeah, uh, I hadn't thought about time. My notes absolutely specify that it is a basement classroom uh, in a 
building that is very bizarrely laid out and kind of hard to navigate. My question was was going to be, does this look... Was this always a classroom, or was this like a storage space that's a classroom now, or something else? <laughs> I... The bu- the building is mostly the gymnasium, and most people don't realize there are classrooms in it. <laughs> uh, I like yeah. Uh, I, I like that it's kind of a story. Like it's like concrete ass walls, and like it's a storage space, and like yeah. All right, we we can go with that. There's a drain yeah. in the middle of the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what I had had was that like it is a real classroom, but it's kind of an abandoned one because it's hard to get to. Like it hasn't been cleaned lately at all. Mm. Well, it could be a real classroom that they just started putting storage stuff in. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, just synthesize the ideas. I like it. Good. Uh, yeah. All right. So that's how uh, James got into this class. Uh, Fabi, with how outgoing and sociable mm-hmm. uh, Ursa is, this seems like, like, how did she end up in this one? Uh, she is registered for every class. Like every <laughs> single class. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, some technology's weird. Magic is weird. Like powers, sure. bizarre. She just registered herself to every single class, and uh, <laughs> the, she tends to prefer the ones that are the most uh, full. But there's something about this class that she likes, and she likes uh, hanging around it. Great. I think it's mostly the classroom. I think she likes coming because it's the only class in this classroom. And she's like, she has like, uh, not a real, mm, maybe a real. She has like a map of the school and then she's trying to have a class in every single classroom. (laughs) Great, great, good. Trying to catch them all. Crystal, why is this the class Alexis is squatting in? I think she squats in a lot of classes. She definitely prefers some of the larger ones because it's so easy to blend in. Uh-huh. But with this one, she's she's heard of Mr. Quentin before and knows that Mr. Quentin will not say anything to her, will not make her leave. Okay, all right. Uh, and, you know, I actually just realized we do have a step of character creation I forgot to take us through. Uh, it's an important one, too. we got to do our ties. Or your ties. I'm not a player. Uh, so, ties are a system in this game that basically just define what your character cares about. Uh, you'll form ties uh, a lot when we're actually playing. Uh, during play, you create a tie anytime you sacrifice something important to you and for the sake of something else, and you create a tie with the thing that you sacrifice for. Uh, to get us started, though, uh, just to kind of ground your characters, all of you are going to have three ties. At least one of them needs to be with another party member, and at least one of them needs to be not another party member. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I think because Zoe's not here, one or two of you should have a tie to Zoe's character that we can just kind of, we'll write in later. You don't need like, this isn't like, um, bonds in dungeon world where it's like a specific thing. Like you're not going to write a whole sentence. It's just, I'm tied to this. This is something I care about. I'll, uh, I'll leave one open for, for Zoe. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. I, I kind of wanted to leave one open for Zoe as well. Alright, uh, I can I can just mark both of you down. Let's put parentheses Zoe's character. Uh, Ty, what are you thinking for Ty's? Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> this is gonna be a thing. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> the uh, my first one is the student body of 
Oh, wow. Did we ever go over the name of the school? <laughs> uh, yes, we did. It is Joseph University of North Gibsonburg, which was suggested because it abbreviates to Jung. And, you know. To what? I'm it, sorry. Is, oh, is it Jung? Yes. Jung? <laughs> yeah, Jung, probably Jung. He's, German, he's Swiss. All right. Jung. <laughs> the college is... He might be Swiss. The college is in Ohio. <laughs> okay. All right. The student body of Jung of Young <laughs> thinks I'm a wizard or a Dracula or some other weird rumor about me, which is good uh-huh. because they they avoid me and don't make me do things. <laughs> All right. Great. Great. So you are tied to the Jung student body. Um, yeah. And ties can be to individual people. They can be to groups. They can be to uh, ideas. Uh, they, they, they can be literally anything your character values enough to make sacrifices for. Do we want to just kind of go, like, you said one, do we want to move on to Fabi and just kind of, we'll fill them in one by one here? Yeah. Alright, yeah, Fabi, what's something that uh, Ursa is tied to? I'm having a real hard time with these, because it's hard for me to, like, so I was thinking, because... Uh, I was thinking the more closer like Bond, so I was thinking like having one with with Zoe and one with Mike's character, but maybe not since they aren't like Bonds. Um, I mean, you can absolutely still have ties to those characters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if your character's like not from like yeah. The- the quote-unquote real world, like, maybe the few people you know are pretty important yeah. to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, mechanically, they're, they're pretty similar to how bonds work in Dungeon World. It's just mm-hmm. not, you're not writing out, like, oh, I think James is a real dipshit, and I'm gonna clown on him. <laughs> like you do in Dungeon World, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I, so, for uh, James' character, I think it was, like, I'm tied, I'm tied to James' Something like the feeling of isolation, because like James is kind of feels like kind of isolated, but in a different sure. way than me. Like I'm also isolated because my world is full of demons, uh, and <laughs> right. whereas he's isolated for other reasons. Sure, but basically you kind of see a kindred spirit yeah. in James, even though your circumstances are different. Yeah, yeah. All right, so you are tied to James. Uh. What's James tied to, Mike? Oh, um, I'm gonna go with uh, shoot. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with music. Ooh. James is is really into music. It's one of his few refuges. It's okay. one of his the few things he does kind of as a hobby. He spends a lot of time alone, and a lot of that alone time is spent just listening to to tunes. He's got a record collection. Just yeah, nice. Uh, I keep giving my character hobbies I don't know anything about. This is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to be doing a lot of Wikipedia trolling on music and bugs. <laughs> They're just going to meet in the middle, and he's going to be a huge Adam Ant fan. <laughs> going to be really into Alien Ant Farm. <laughs> Everyone only knows the Smooth Criminal cover, but actually, if you dig a little deeper... Yeah, the movies was so good. <laughs> they released it twice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Crystal, what is something that you are tied to? That uh, Alexis is tied to, rather. Hmm. I, th- I think the person I would be tied to would be Quentin. Because okay. we're both alchemists. Or Quentin used to be an alchemist. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And I think maybe the reason I found my way to this class is because I knew him previously, or maybe kind of knew him. Okay, yeah. I dig it. All right. Yeah. So yeah, you have some kind of some kind of pass with Quentin that we can fill in 
as we play. Uh, I like it. All right, so that means I'm rolling back around to you, Ty. What do, what is something else you have a tie with? Uh, okay. So allowing, I'm gonna you know you can veto this if you want, sure. but uh, I'm gonna see. I Mike, what was your character's name again? <laughs> uh, James. I say I see a lot of J- of myself and James, and I want to make sure they don't make my similar mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. The only thing I would say is that someone already has a tie to James, which might be fine. Let's put it for now, but okay. we might want to like shuffle it if yeah, it turns definitely. out that something's lopsided. But for now, let's let's say it's fine. Uh, Fabi, what is something or someone else you have a tie to? Or, so, or a tie to? Yeah, for Ursa, I feel like I need to, and I want to do something either with humanity, with the school, with people. Are those too big? Of like, uh, do you think that Ursa would sacrifice something important to her for the sake of the school? Yes. Okay, then I think that's fine. The school, as in the the school body, and not hey, I live for the building too. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, is it the school as, like, a place and as an institution and the people that make it up? Or yeah. is it, you know, you were also kind of saying, like, people, like, is it just, like, the human race? You can be tied to that, sure. Yeah, I. it feels a little too big, but also, yeah, it's kind of like the human race. As far as she knows, they're great. Yeah, all right, I like it. That history, that history class, of the, some <laughs> of them were kind of bad, but they seem all right. <laughs> She doesn't pay attention during that one. No, she skips that uh, one. Mike, what is what is someone or something else that James is tied to? Oh, um, shoot! Can you come back to me? I'm sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Crystal, what's one more for Alexis? Um, I think I'm thinking something along the lines of the truth. Okay, yeah, the, it can just be the truth. Yeah, but I, think, I like it because I, I want to leave the door open that like Laura can lie to people. It's truth more in like a like a speaking truth to power kind of right. Sense. It's it's the capital T truth. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Uh, Ty, what is uh, your last tie for Quentin? Hmm. Okay, so I was gonna make this an individual character tie, but let's say this. Um, could I make it the class? The everybody, all the students in this class. Yeah, I think you can. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, basically I see all these students, I'm like, you guys need some flair for the dramatics. You need to really just dramatic it up. <laughs> so, the, all right, the only pushback I give there, though, is that is that a big difference from the whole college student body? I, th- I think it would be by virtue of the fact that it's more localized. Okay. Although, although I think it kind of overlaps his tie to James. Yeah, that's true. It, it kind of has a foot in both of your existing ties. Okay, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, does Quentin have any family or uh, a spouse or a partner? Yeah, let's say that. Let's say Quentin has a family. They don't want mess. To, they don't. You don't get involved in this undertow mess. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so do they kind of know about, like, the shit he got up to before? Yeah, I'm gonna say, it's all vague. Yeah, it's like, you don't need to know about this. You don't want no part of this. Great, good. <laughs> what is Quentin's family? Like, are we talking about, like, 
a partner and kids, or are we talking about, like, siblings and parents? I mean, obviously it can be more, but, like, what are you imagining as kind of the immediate family presence? Oh, wow, this is presence? definitely a question I didn't think about. Um... <laughs> Yeah, you'll have to get back to me. I'll, I'll let me think of this Quentin's family. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to know. Uh, but yeah, I'll come back to you. Uh, Ursa, what is what is your last tie? So, should I leave this for Zoe? Should I try to think of something else since uh, Mike uh, was already having for Zoe. one for Zoe? Yeah, we, we can. Okay. Or, or, yeah, I'll, I'll just put Zoe's character in parentheses here. Yeah. I I think I from what we've talked about in the in the discord before we start recording i think it has gonna have to do something to do with zoe's shyness uh uh-huh. yeah, yeah yeah zoe kind of gave us a rough idea of her character mm-hmm. and kind of the idea is that she's the vanguard which is the very up in your face punchy class but her character is very kind of meek and shy kind of playing against type mm-hmm. yeah Okay, yeah. Um, like, trying to get her out of her shell somehow. Although, maybe that's too close to the one with uh, with James. But no, that's fine. You, you can okay. ha- relate to multiple people on similar levels. Yeah. I can? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, Mike, so you can give that last slot to Zoe. One thing I am noticing mm-hmm. right now, nobody has a tie to Ursa or to uh, Alexis. Okay. So you don't Why necessarily don't... have to fill that gap, but those gaps are there, and it would be nice if they were filled. Yeah. Let's... So, pe- pending pending Zoe wanting to take one of those, uh-huh. let's go ahead and say that I'll take those, just by virtue of the fact, like I said, outside of the class, James doesn't have a whole lot of friends, so okay. he probably really values the other people in the class. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, and Ursa is very, like, friendly and outgoing and like trying to make a lot of friendships that makes sense you would kind of latch on to that what do you think is kind of the basis of your also i haven't described what ursa wears on and when she looks normal she oh yeah when ty said that uh his character doesn't think these these kids need to be more dramatic um her outfits are very dramatic she wears things people would think (laughs) Wouldn't work, and but somehow it kind of like neon neon plastic boots and like uh, mm-hmm. a jean jacket and a feather boa, but it kind of worked. Yeah, enough. <laughs> she had like the weird confidence on someone who doesn't know they're making mistakes. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So yeah, that's why you don't have that tie to the whole. Yeah, class. I, was, I was about to say. No, clearly Ursula's got it figured out. Uh, Alexis, honestly, she's got it figured out. This yeah. James kid, though, he needs help. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, what, what I was going to say is, uh, for the connection with uh, with Alexa, um, so so she's like an investigative journalist kind of type, kind of a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. There's got to be some really nerdy thing that she and James can bond over, right? Like, they, there's some weird thing that they're both, like, into. I'm not sure what it would be. Uh, Maybe she also like likes bugs, and he impresses her with his bug knowledge. But clock making. (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say, what about like that thing where they've done like experiments of like putting uh, robot circuitry and stuff into cocoons so that the like bugs form around them and like 
any bug you see might be like a spy drone, actually. <laughs> that seems like something Alexis might be interested in and uh, James would know about. I don't know. I'm throwing ideas out. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah, not saying you have to take that. I've just first thing that popped into my head when I'm trying to think of like where your interests overlap. Um. Hmm. Maybe you know what? Maybe just maybe just a love of sci-fi. Honestly. Okay. Yeah. Because like if 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 James is trying to be like a real deal scientist and right. Sci-fi is all full of, like, you know, political messaging and stuff, despite what the nerds will tell you. Right. So maybe just, like, I don't know, maybe just uh, love love of genre fiction, I guess. Does that work for you, Crystal? Yeah, we both love The Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yes. That's, that's good. That's good shit. Th- that'll be useful that you have that cultural touchstone uh, as you go into The Undertow. Absolutely. Uh, all right, Crystal, what is your final tie? Um, I think Lore's vision of justice is like she wants to expose people, but she doesn't want to uh, kill people. She doesn't want to grind them into dust like Zoe's character. <laughs> uh-huh, so, uh-huh. so maybe something like like life, the value of life. Hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a way to phrase like what, phrase it in terms of like, uh, like you like Alexis would sacrifice for to, like to protect lives. Is that the idea? Yeah, I, I, w- I okay. would go out of my way to avoid directly hurting someone physically. So okay. pas- pacifism? Yeah. I, I think it can, uh, it can be pacifism, it can be life. Are you thinking of it in terms of, like, you don't want to hurt people, or is it more like you don't want to hurt, like... Are you the kind of person like, oh, no, don't kill that bug, just put it outside? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, shit, you know what, that might also be a good thing to... For there you uh, go, yeah. The, the 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 value of the lives of bugs might be a touching thing. Yeah, yeah I like bugs it. Are people too? Yeah. <laughs> we can also still keep the matrix thing if you want. Like <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. I mean, that can be in there. I don't. We're not saying that Alexis would give something up for the matrix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like to be clear, what we're saying is that like you're tied to Alexis, and all the stuff about sci-fi is just kind of. That's us shading in why you're tied to Alexis, but on your character sheet, it just says Alexis. Gotcha, okay. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I like this. Um, If any of y'all want to change any of this before our next session starts, we can obviously do that. Once we start playing, it's going to be more locked in, though, you know, we can do what we want. And we might also uh, end up wanting to change something based on what Zoe's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Also, this is a playtest. It might turn out some of the moves y'all have are bad or poorly balanced. I might say, hey, this move works completely differently now. Who can say? And if it comes into that situation, it's like, well, you'd rather have something different now. That's fine, and we can we can work around that. Um, that's, that's the fun of not having something that's finalized. Zoe, we need to create your character. Yeah. You did most of it already. Yeah. How you doing, Zoe? Welcome to the show. Hi. Happy to be here. Thank you for asking me to play. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, Zoe, you are playing as the Vanguard? Uh, yes. I've got your character name written down here as Sloan Parker. Tell me about Sloan. Sloan is, um, she is a college student at the mm-hmm. university. What, what name are we going with again? 
Uh, it is the, I've got it written down in my notes, uh, I think Maxie from the other group suggested what we settled on, the Joseph University of North Gibsonburg. So it's Jung. Yeah, it okay. abbreviates to Jung. Cool, okay. To, to Jung. Yep, um... Is, is it Jung? Is it Jung? We it's, had literally it's, the same discussion last week. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> it's Within. J-U-N-G... Pronounce it as good or as poorly as you want. I don't care. We also learned that Eidolon isn't pronounced Eidolon, and I'm still going to say it that way. Um, sorry. <laughs> Pronunciation is fake. Um, so Sloane is a, um, she's a student at Jung, or Young, um, and she is a, um, a, much like myself once, was a screenwriting major, um, and is um, not super happy with her major, not super happy with college. Um, she has kind of been a little bit more alone than she thought she would be. Um, and uh, is kind of struggling to make some friends. And is hoping that, you know, maybe she'll find some people to hang out with. But has mostly just been hanging out in her dorm room with her roommate who she hates. All right, great. Fantastic. Uh, all right. I'm just copying in the stats you gave me. She has got uh, two power, yep. negative one elegance, zero genius, one glamorous, and zero biz. Correct. Yeah. And is that the default for Vanguard? Or um, That's so I, I may have misunderstood. The default for Vanguard is under the start a riot um, stats that I listed. Um, uh-huh. I, I thought that. I, I I wasn't sure if that was for the Eidolon or for gotcha. the character. No, you you are your Eidolon, so you have the same stats. Oh, uh, the, yeah, the stats in the book are just kind of the defaults, the the suggested stats that you can tweak if you want. to. Okay, then I slight. Actually, no, I did the exact same thing. So, yeah, no, cool, you, you got them the same. It cool. looks like. Uh, all right, and then it looks like for starting moves, you took uh, Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Uh, increase your damage uh, by one and decrease your armor by one. Mm-hmm. You can roll plus pow instead of plus Ellie when beating the odds. Mm-hmm. Uh, as opposed, so you did not take power of friendship, no. which uh, allows you to take minus three instead of minus two uh, when other players hinder you. When they successfully help you, you can spend one overdrive to take plus two instead of plus one. Take plus one when ha- helping, helping or do. Take plus one when helping or dazzling anyone you have a tie with. There we go. That's how words... Words are hard. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, tell me about Sloane's uh, Eidolon. Uh, so Sloane's Eidolon is a starter riot um, uh, after the Duckworth song that I really enjoy. Um, she is a large, buff lady um, with dragon wings and dragon claws. Um, her hair is kind of smoldering, um, and it's kind of short, and she, uh, is breathing smoke, um, kind of by default, and, uh, can breathe fire, uh, when she wants to, and she's got a big ol' axe, um, like double-bladed, uh, uh, double-headed battle axe, uh, that's as tall as she is. Nice. Yeah. Alright, uh, and then you've got her greatest fear as being alone. Mm-hmm. So she's not doing right. so great right now, what with not making friends. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Uh, all right, and you also have the starting move, Breakthrough. Use your Eidolon's power to force your way through a physical obstacle. Roll plus pow. On a 10 plus, choose three. On a 7 to 9, choose one. 
And the options are you do it quickly, you do it quietly, there's no collateral damage, or nobody gets hurt. Uh, and then on top of that, you also get to give uh, her an advanced move. Do you know what you want to give her? Um, I'm going to go with Unstoppable, just because it syncs well with the Daredevil and syncs well with her being kind of a juggernaut. Okay, and what is Unstoppable? Uh, during combat, if you take damage that would reduce your HP to zero, you may explain why this fight is too important for you to lose. If you do, the damage is delayed until after combat. But take negative one ongoing for the rest of the battle. Any more damage you take during this combat isn't delayed. You can only use this move once per session. Yeah, so that's that's a cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. I, I, keep having, I keep running into a problem with this where every time... We talk about something cool in this game. I remember that I wrote it and feel like an <laughs> asshole for saying that it's cool. Just send someone a DM and then we will say it's cool. Yeah, and that there way go, you'll, yeah. you'll you'll still be an asshole, but it'll look it'll sound less like an asshole move. <laughs> just just fucking whisper like fuck it, Mike. It's your turn. Oh oh shit, that sounds dope wow, as hell. Wow, how dog. rad! Y'all tell me I did a good job, please. I need the validation. Uh, Alright, so then we also need to do Sloane's ties. So you need one tie to something that is not another party member, and one tie that is another party member. Okay, um, so one tie to something that isn't a party member. Yeah, something I, or someone. Someone. I think, um, just to go full, like, fun, last action hero style... Mm-hmm. Um, she has a, uh, kind of a friendship with the local manager of the movie theater. Okay. Um, and she, um, she kind of hangs out there sometimes and, uh, uh, they let her sneak in. Um, and, uh, for someone in the party, I, hmm, I, I, I read everyone's characters, but obviously like I, I didn't get a quick, like, like a rundown. So yeah. If anyone wants to pitch their character, just tell me about them. We could kind of work from there. Do you have a name in mind for the movie theater manager, or should I be pulling up the name generator? All, all yours. All right. I'll figure that out while you figure out uh, your tie to the party. So I I chose a tie with your character Okay. Uh, before we we knew your character. I basically on what you had said when we were talking about them. Mm-hmm. Um, my character has changed a little bit since the first time I talked about them, so yep. I'll run her real quick. Uh, her name is Ursa, uh, or uh, you probably know her as Ursula Bear, because okay. uh, she was misheard when she said what her name was. Um, she's a bear, a bear girl. She, okay. She's a bear girl, except she looks like a normal person in the school um she is the inhuman so she's a shade basically maybe we don't know um and like the the idea i had for the tie for your character was that my greatest fear is to be forced back into the undertow and not be around humans anymore Mm -hmm. uh so the reason i thought your character would have like a connection with mine is that you seem really shy so like Mm -hmm. Seeing someone that doesn't have to be that that someone that isn't like forced to be away from humanity and might not want to be around it would make her want to get you out of your shell. Yeah, and like I, I think that that would be a good tie because um, Ursa could have the connection, obviously, of I am a friend. I am like a a 
a anchor point to the real world, whereas Sloane would have the good connection of, I actually have a friend. So, yeah, I yeah. think that's pretty good. Yeah. So you kind of want to make that a two-way tie? Give you a tie with Ursa just like she has a tie with you? Yeah, I think that'd work. All right. Uh, so then you get one more, and this is kind of whatever you want it to be. It can be another party member, or it can be anything else. Um. Well, anyone else, like, think that a connection would be solid? Or, I mean, I can figure something out. I kind of I kind of left the ties open just because I yeah. I didn't know what you guys had been up to. Right, and this is something that's definitely easier to do when everybody's doing it at the same time. But hey, circumstances happen. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, hey, no, not at all. That's going to be, I'm going to print up t-shirts that say circumstances happen. <laughs> so a tie is something that you'd be willing to sum- sacrifice other things for the sake of. Correct. How, how does that apply to Sloan? Um, I think that Sloane, she is, she puts a higher value on relationships than she puts, than, like, she lets on. Because, like, if you just saw her, she looks like a loner. She looks, um, she looks kind of, she has, she, she looks kind of sad or mean. And I think that if she establishes relationships with people, they're very important to her. And so she would do almost anything for that. Well, um, so so how, how about this? This this is maybe a bit abstract. Mm-hmm. If the thing she really wants is to make more friends than she currently has, what if her tie is and this and the tie is something you sacrifice things for? Mm-hmm. What if her tie is friends she does not yet have? Is that is that too esoteric or? Uh, if you're asking me, the answer is no. But okay, okay. the idea I, of I, friendship. I, 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 yeah, I have a tie to the concept of friendship. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't mind that. I think that's fun. All right. Then in that case, uh, we have just one small thing we need to address uh, before we're totally done with character creation. And Mike, you told me this during the week, but what is James's last name? Oh, uh, shit. Um, James. I can it look back at our chat James. history. It was something super generic. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stu- was it Studebaker? No, it was... but it wasn't far away from Studebaker. It might have been Studebaker. I think it was. I remember reading that in the Discord oh, earlier learning? today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Yep, it is Studebaker. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right, and then Ty, uh, what is Quentin's full name? I don't even know if Quentin is his first or last name. Uh, it's going to be Brooks. Quentin Brooks. Quentin Brooks. Quentin. Professor Brooks. All right. Does Quentin have a doctorate? Is he Dr. Brooks? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I, I, I like the idea of leaving that question unanswered for the time being. We'll find out. I definitely have a... He definitely has somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I, I like to think he had a doctorate, but, like, you have to maintain those, so... I was just going to think yeah, to the, the community thing of, like, ah, you graduated for Columbia. Yes. <laughs> The nation. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. I think we're all set and ready to actually play then. Hey, everybody. Luke here. Thanks for listening. Idol on Pop will be starting in earnest two weeks from now on April 20th. Next week will be the character creation episode for Idol on Rock, which you can listen to right now at patreon.com slash Idol on Playtest. $1 subscribers get episodes a week early. 
$3 subscribers get a monthly game design podcast with me and Molly, as well as a peek at my GM notes. And $5 subscribers get immediate access to the current draft of Eidolon, Become Your Best Self, as well as a shout-out on the podcast. Speaking of which, shout-outs to August, David, Stub5678, and the Z-Mage. Visit AudioEntropy.com for a bunch of other great podcasts featuring many of the folks on this one. You can follow this show on Twitter at Eidolon Playtest. Follow Ty at Sirius Tiberius, Fabby at Fabby underscore Garza, Mike at Mike Loves Rabbit, Zoe at Blankzilla, Crystal at Arcane Crystal, and me at SSJ Speed Racer. Big thanks to Maxi for the Eidolon Pop theme song, Party Crasher. See you next time! <laughs>